Welcome to Sleepless in St. Canard, Rostodra Places REM Cycles. I'm Kitty. And I'm Ange. We haven't slept. In 30 years. This is a podcast about the 90s Disney cartoon, Darkwing Duck, where you can get led on by a man with chicken feet when you do all the work and he may dump you in front of both of your nemesis and his fan club. That's right. Today we're talking about cleansliness is next to badliness, which was Ange's pick for our new team-ups category. And... There are some disturbing chicken feet in this episode. <laughs> There's a, a quite a bit of outfit swapping for Steve <laughs> throughout. He is the master of the quick change in this episode. Uh, very much so. <laughs> chicken feet shoes and various colors of uh, robes slash suit jacket. You know what? He's also the master at being a cluck boy. <laughs> He is. He really is. He's, he he hits his stride early in this episode and just sticks to the landing. He was not drinking his respect women juice. He, he was <laughs> not. He's allergic to it. And he just he does like one of those things where it's like, you know, there's poison, like, you know, the Cusco poison for Cusco thing with Kronk dumping the water and the, the nearest plant. That's seal bacon respect women juice. <laughs> probably the most roundabout way to say that but hey the poison for Cusco Cusco's poison accurate yes so if you would like to see Steelbeak dodging his respect women juice uh, it is on Disney plus season one episode 24 Darkwing struggles to juggle fans and stop crime do we want to do we have any announcements or anything before we dive right down this girlfriend shoot <laughs> um not really. I know that there was another Darkwing Duck's birthday thing just passed in, in April, but it's a little confusing because there's a September date that everyone says, oh, you know, Darkwing turns however many years old. And then it happens again every single year in April as well, because I guess there was whichever channel it aired on. I don't even know. So <laughs> happy. Yeah, like Again, it ended on the Disney Channel first or something, and then it was on regular syndicated TV later. Yeah, I mean, I could look it up, but I'm lazy. And... That's fine. Darkwing doesn't deserve you looking anything up. <laughs> all we know is he, he, he is once again has had a birthday, and we are all happy for him. I believe it's 33. It might have been because it's 30. No, it was 31 because it's. The 30th passed in 2021, so it might be 32. I don't know. 30-ish. <laughs> he is in the multiple of decades-ish. It's fine. It's all he deserves. He deserves an ish. And his birthday is either September or April-ish. You know, fine. So happy belated Darkwing, you uh, very special boy. <laughs> He's a very special boy in this episode, too. He sure is. A sparkly um, boy. Oh my god, he is so sparkly. Um, And just out of the gate overall, animation was pretty good in this episode. There was a little wonky thing sometimes. Um, But overall, I felt like everybody was very expressive and moved very nicely. Yes. So, yeah, it was it was a fun, fun one. And I... Again, my catchphrase. I, I don't know the last time that I've watched this one, so it was it was fun to watch it, and I kind of remembered like little bits and pieces of it, but not much overall. The opening of this episode, I did remember <laughs> <laughs> because it opens in Steelbeak's apartment, where he has a he has a really nice apartment. Mm -hmm. Number one, 
And uh, he's got a, a framed portrait of himself over his fireplace, because of course he does. I would want nothing less for him. And he's kind of quote unquote consoling a blonde woman who is um, sitting in his lap. And she's just basically a human with a little dog nose, which yeah. I feel like is the popular workaround for a hot babe in an animal show. <laughs> so she's just sitting there and he's basically telling her that he's a very important person and that she should have known to expect being ghosted for multiple months on end. Ten months, I think it was. Yeah, I mean, he's like, oh, we haven't dated in a few weeks or months. You know what I gotta say? I'm like a busy guy. And uh, we never get to hear her reply to this question because as it's her turn to finally address the fact that, you know, not only, number one, did he ghost her for months, but two, she's sitting in his apartment on his lap. So I guess, she, but she doesn't look super happy about it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, we never get to hear her side of the story because he gets a video call from high command and he dumps her uh, into the girl trap door <laughs> he's built into his apartment, which I guess his floor plan was laid out by H.H. Holmes. Um, and the, down the girlfriend chute she goes. Hopefully wherever she comes out, it's somewhere soft and she finds someone who doesn't dump her literally and figuratively down a chute. She um, deserved better. She sure did. Um, but this is the first, the, this scene, Steelbeak is mostly in his usual getup. Minus the white suit jacket, he's wearing like a purple smoking jacket house coat thing. So we get to see. Even in his leisure time, he's still wearing his bow tie. But yeah, High Command has called him to tell him, but basically they're out of money. <laughs> Which is a bad look for a giant evil corporate, like uh, evil organization. Uh, that probably was a very tough call to make. They had command, which is voiced by Dan Castellaneta this time, which I feel like the character that's you that's talking the most in this episode is typically voiced by a woman. Am I making that up? It switches back and forth many times. Okay, it's fine. But basically, they tell him that they're out of money and that he needs to knock over some banks. And Stillbeak is like, "Oh, this is below me," because he's a master criminal. Until they threaten to cut his salary. And he's like, oh, yeah, OK, never mind. Which is very funny because that just makes it seem like foul. This giant evil corporation just has salaried employees. <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry, can't sign up for this mission. I've got to use all my PTO by the end of the quarter or I'll lose it. You know, <laughs> like, oh, we're celebrating Steelbeak's 15th anniversary of being, you know, the number one agent who knows maybe his steel um, his steel beak was covered by his dental plan because they have me oh maybe it's like it started off as like like what is it like five years the paper anniversary and then like every year like every big anniversary he gets a different metal plating for his beak mm -hmm. it's like he'll be at the gold in like 50 years <laughs> that's his uh his pen his anniversary pen is his actual mouth well, he's a salaried employee. Oh, yeah, he's basically, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And then he has a conversation with himself in his very 90s mirror, <laughs> um, which is like a deep green frame with big pink geometric shapes all over it. Pretty great. He's talking to his reflection about what's the worst that High Command could do if he says no. And then his reflection reminds him that his predecessor was fed to five trash compactors. And he's convinced, convinced so powerfully that... 
when he turns away from the mirror, he is wearing his white suit jacket. <laughs> He's in business mode. His his clothes have morphed on his body. And I don't really understand how he gets to this. His next point in his plan is that um, since his mirror has convinced him that he should go ahead with it, that he needs someone with a smaller mind to, to help do this for him with him slash whatever um and he pulls up ammonia a pine on the screen and she's just scrubbing some kind of countertop hey agent ammonia pine <laughs> long time ammonia you busy what no i'm cleaning uh listen babe but just so happens i got this ugly stain over here that i just can't get out Where's that stain? You say it's ugly? Let me at it. Ammonia. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These are for you. For me? She's she's pretty funny too. Like the way that she looks, she's just um kind of like how you would imagine a lunch lady to look mm-hmm. at home. She's still wearing that kind of like smock frock dress thing. She's got like a little biker bandana on, and she's got a serious unibrow, some brown hair. Like she's she's kind of cute. I, like I don't her. know. She- yeah, but she's busy going to town scrubbing this countertop, and he's like, "Hey, you busy?" And she's like, "Not now. I'm cleaning." <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I associate with that. But he knows how to lure the ladies to his shoot littered abode, and tells her that he needs her help with a really bad stain. And before he could finish the sentence, she's knocking on his door, which is, you know, old. That's perfect. And, uh, she, she's barging in, ready to get to work. Steelbeak, who's now back in his purple, um, and then back into his white, shirt, like he's. <laughs> back and forth he's like a chameleon um grabs some flowers that were nearby and gives them to her and she's like oh they're a bit dusty and wipes the color right off them <laughs> like they were pink flowers and she just wipes them and then she's just basically holding like an outline flower with a flat white color on it it's it's spectacular it was really really nice visual pun or joke whatever i love it but yeah so then still because Lord Ammonia here to help her con into doing his dirty work for him by making her think that he likes her. You know, classic ploy. But I hope that Ammonia has some boyfriend shoots for him, for him later because he uh, certainly deserves them. He earned it. He sure did. At the Mallard House, Goslin is telling Honker how there's an untapped gold mine of money to be made and merchandising for Darkwing. Um, she uses the example of some generic superhero perfect guy as an example of how much people are willing to spend on novelties. And she tells them that they should start a Darkwing fan club because at least their hero is real. Did you see the chest on that cardboard cutout? Yes. (laughs) He was a double D at the least. (laughs) I was looking at that. That caught my eye. I was like, it reminds me of every, you know, thirst post on Twitter or whatever. (laughs) Like, perfect guy had some perfect attributes. It's it, true. It's like, uh, what, what was it recently? The trailer for the Breath of the Wild remake. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Ganondorf. Which I'm sure the internet was very normal about. Yeah. <laughs> so Drake is leaning in her door while they're having this conversation and reminds her that she should be cleaning her room. But Goslin has other ideas and she tells him about a fan club plan for him. And she shows him a poster of some mock-up merchandise ideas. And they're kind of terrifying, <laughs> honestly. It's like a super low-res drawing. He's got like beady little like googly eyes and a red mask. Um, but Drake thinks that she's captured his good size. 
But surprisingly, he's not super into the idea. Yeah, that surprised me too. Yeah. I was like, I don't know about that. I am a mysterious hero. And Goslin uses the infallible logic of you're the best and isn't it time that everyone recognized it? And Drake was like, can't argue there. (laughs) And he says he'll think about it. As a flash quack flies into their window. Yes, the flash quack flies into their home of the very mysterious hero who is not allowed to have a fan club, has work telegrams driven to his house via drone delivered to his home address very secretive very secretive <laughs> uh, the flash quack is about banks getting knocked over and of course this is a job for darkwing duck uh, goslin's like yeah what are we waiting for drake tells her she's not going anywhere because she has to clean up her room and she's like oh yeah okay and uh then tell Tonker that they're just going to do some corporate planning instead darkwing and launchpad are at one of the banks and it is literally knocked over <laughs> just laying on its side and they wonder about this as goslin runs up with a group of kids and she starts kind of tour guiding darkwing's investigation and uh not one to ever be outdone darkwing starts playing to the crowd explaining what's going on and uh in his theorizing about who could have done it and how many somebodies he leans on the bank and it slides away (laughs) causing chaos as it slams through the city on soap bubbles and of course it only stops when it hits a brick wall and between that bank and the brick wall is Starkwing in his usual hard place gets squished the potential fan club kids are not impressed goslin's like oh just give him time Darkwing somehow makes like he's he's pretty on top of it in this one with his deducing. Darkwing makes the connection to the soap bubbles being ammonia pine, and then Goslin cuts the demonstration off there, saying that the kids that they need to buy tickets uh, for the next one. And Honker is standing there with like a, a roll of like carnival tickets that he they all rush over to pay for. So I guess they're not that uh, put off by Darkwings. I mean, they did get to see a man squished by a giant mm. bank, so... You're right, though. Darkwing he is... He's very competent in this episode. He deduces a bunch of stuff pretty quickly, and it's kind of like Dry Hard, where they can't spend too much time on the plot being slowed down by him being incompetent. He suddenly is very good at figuring things out, whereas in other mm-hmm. episodes, you get the enormous flag conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's either very on top of it or completely underneath it. He's just never, never an in-between. Darkwing is either a good detective or the, the world's worst detective. He's either a top or a bottom. That's exactly right. Harmonia <laughs> uh, and Steelbeak, speaking of tops and bottoms, are driving around in her cleaning bottle car. I don't really know what it is. It's like two... Like they look like two liter bottles of soda or I guess cleaning products with like nozzles on the front of it. I don't know. We see a lot of this vehicle this episode and he's complimenting her as they roll up to the neck banks and she calls him hun and steely quite a lot in this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the first time that she does it. And he cringes to himself as if he did not bring this entirely upon himself. And he, uh, he follows her orders as he says, you got it, Lemon Fresh. <laughs> and he turns on her car thing's sud cannon. And she's got like a bubble bazooka and it just knocks the whole building over on its side. 
And then they vacuum up all the cash out of the bank. And it's pretty efficient all around. Yeah. Yeah. Steelbeak is pleased and tells her that they're like a team, like soap and water. And she hugs him. (laughs) But she also kind of strangles him. And it's a beautiful freeze frame of Steelbeak with his eyes bulging out. Perfect. (laughs) So it's what he deserves. Then we cut to Darkwing pondering as he starts putting everything together. Again, this is him actually being pretty on top of it, saying that Ammonia is probably working with someone. And then he sees that Goslin has brought all of the fan club kids up into the tower, (laughs) blindfolded them. And he's understandably not happy about it. But she tells him not to worry about it and yanks the kids blindfolds off and Darkwing immediately starts having it up for the kids. He starts like smoke teleport bombing thing all over the the tower and then he calls launchpad over to demonstrate how he beats up bad guys launchpad will assist me in the next phase of the demonstration now try to imagine that launchpad here is a witless brainless thug i know it's a stretch (laughs) what a show Sorry, friend, no note taking in here, but you'll find all the notes you need in the authorized Darkwing Duck Crime Fighting Diary, only $12.95. All right. And then he just lays Launchpad out. He just... And then just let it... He, he just lays him out. Savage. He just backflips <laughs> threateningly towards him and beats the oh, crap yeah. out of him. And yeah, well, that's... <laughs> he, he lets Launchpad get up off the ground, and then he just continues to beat the crap out of Launchpad off screen. He just, like, yeah, he he backflips towards him and then it's just, like, the sounds of Darkwing beating the ever-living shit out of Launchpad off screen. <laughs> okay. Goslin takes this time to sell one of the kids a Darkwing manual and another a licensed wrinkle-resistant cape. Darkwing is now 100% on board with the fan club idea. And starts leaning into it Hollywood style as, I I don't know, they pulled this together really fast. But they're on top of a building and Goslin is like applying screen makeup to him on a rooftop as he's pitching more merchandise and PR ideas to her. And then Goslin's giant 90 cell phone ring Mm -hmm. and Launchpad gives him like the 30 seconds to curtain announcement. And Darkwing takes off his makeup robe thing and he's wearing his outfit but the jacket is completely covered in sequins and he is sparkling like the sun beautiful perfect (laughs) it's never the same it's just magnificent he is leaning into it harder than ever before and it kind of looks like they have booked a portable stage and bleachers because there's a whole bunch of kids sitting there and there's stage, and Darkwing is on the top of a skyscraper, and the announcer starts hyping up the crowd for Darkwing, who makes his dramatic and sparkly appearance from the rooftop with an I am the terror. He says, I am the rhinestones on the jumpsuit of justice, and then he dives off the roof. <laughs> really know what his plan was, but Launchpad accidentally flips the stage around because it's on like a rotation spinning thing, and... Uh, instead of i guess landing on his mark which was a giant star he just crashes into the rat catcher instead and the rat catcher drives into a garbage truck and then darkwing flies off the rat catcher and crashes back onto the stage and then the crowd cheers so (laughs) yay 
Oh, meanwhile, Ammonia, Prime, and Steelbeak are driving around, and she's very excitedly telling him about a book she's read about the difference between powder and liquid bleach. And he's talking himself off a ledge with a mantra of just a few more banks when they hear the hubbub of Darkwing's diving in from the rooftops to street level and not dying. And uh, he's Steelbeak is like, what is that? And Amon Yupani is like, oh, beats me, hon. Looks like Megavolt is having a block party. And then we need to pause. Because what would that look like? I think it would be Megavolt and every light bulb in the city is invited <laughs> and nobody else. I was thinking it would be like a party with all the appliances on the block. Like every like all the fridges and everything just out on the street. And I could see him instead of saying that it's a potluck and then complaining that just everybody brought macaroni salad. <laughs> and inexplic- inexplicably there is a, a table full of all different kinds of macaroni salad there. <laughs> so what I'm saying is is I would like to be invited to a megavolt block party. <laughs> You'll have to disguise yourself as a fridge then. I could do that easily. <laughs> it's my my summer goal. So yeah, so that's a brief glimpse into it. And I, I like too that it's like the other villains acknowledging that the other villains exist. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Especially so, outside of Fowl specifically. Yeah. I liked that. Still because excited when he sees that it's Darkwing and he can't wait to start screwing up whatever Darkwing has going on. And they really waste no time just trouncing Darkwing and Launchpad. They just completely blow up their spot and make them look like chumps. Ammonia Pine is very capable. <laughs> she is. She's, she's like anything that happens in this episode. Like I, I don't even think she's she's not even really defeated in this episode. We'll get there, but she's just kicking ass and taking names and cleaning up after herself as she goes. Uh, basically, everything that's gone right in this episode is because of her, uh, like the banks and all that stuff. And then she's attacking Launchpad and Darkwing with her cleaning supplies. Like Steelbeak is using them too. Um, but then she like whacks the stage with her mop to make it spin around and knock them down. Top marks for Aramonia Pine. And uh, Steelbeak is just kind of getting annoyed, I guess, at how capable she is because he doesn't really have much to do. Mm-hmm. So He keeps complaining that she's hogging all the the action and it's like we'll do something then yeah. <laughs> yeah you didn't want to do anything that's why you're in this situation my man but yeah so they tie up uh darkwing and and launch pad and Steelbeak is super eager to kill two men in front of a crowd of children presumably because we didn't hear those children leave <laughs> and he kind of strings them up by their ankles Darkwing is sassing them the whole time that they're doing this, though, and shoots a gas pellet at the bad guys. Ammonia somehow, like, mops it up out of the air and uh, tries to clobber Darkwing and misses. Darkwing continues to taunt them and then gets punched by Steelbeak. And somehow the punch just hits him so hard that he flies out of the ropes and onto the street. What was the point of tying them up? But And then, you know, as he's getting up, Launchpad lands on top of him. And um, Darkman's like, what are you doing? And Launchpad's like, oh, crashing is my speciality or whatever. Something Launchpad-y. The fan club rush into the fray, despite Goslin telling them to keep their distance. And Ammonia and Steelbeak are actually a really good team. Although he complains to himself that she is hogging the action, as you mentioned. And Darkwing decides that he has to spill fertilizer everywhere to distract Ammonia. And she kind of goes into berserker mode 
that she must clean. And then this starts a series of like the gas gun getting covered in bubbles and bounced around from character to character, like a live ammo version of Hot Potato, until Darkwing pushes Steelbeak to the ground. <laughs> Defeated by gravity. And uh, But then he stops for a picture from the fan club girl. And then Ammonia rolls up in her car, her soap bottle car, and they're all out of soap, so she and Steelbeak am scurry. Is he night in St. Canard? Yeah, I think so. It was. It looked like it because there were spotlights <laughs> yeah. and everything was dark. But then it's day after, isn't it? Yeah. Then the, yeah, because then back at home, Goslin is having second thoughts about the fan club. Oh yeah, I guess I don't. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it did look like nighttime when this was happening. So maybe then it's like the next day. Like back at home, Goslin is having second thoughts about the whole fan club thing, and Drake has let the fame go to his head. Goslin tells him that he's so caught up in signing autographs that he could have been killed. And he tells her that he'll take over the fan club and she could stay home and clean her room. 90% of Goslin uh, and Darkwing's interactions in this episode is him telling her to clean her room. Then we cut over to Darkwing and Launchpad and all the fan club kids crammed into the Thunder Quack. Plus Honker. Plus Honker. The, the eternal voice of reason. And they spot Ammonia's car and just kind of park. The thunder quack in the street and tiptoe up to the car. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, but the fan club kids are chanting his name. And Honker's like, shut up. What are you doing, idiots? And Darkwing's like, oh, yeah, shush. And then decides uh, that he can handle it by himself because these kids need a big entrance. And he poofs onto the back of the bottle car Steelbeak is obviously very aware of all of this is happening and just turns and watches, like, completely bored with the whole situation, his latest I am the terror speech. He says, I am the stain that can't be rubbed out. And Steelbeak is like, oh, yeah, I guess you got me. And immediately gives up. And Darkwing is not at all surprised that this happened so quickly. Um, but of course, it is a trap. And Ammonium Plane blessed Darkwing and Launchpad with a hose full of soapy whatever she uses. She says, she's like, oh, she's like, good work, hon. Gilwold them to sleep, baby beak. <laughs> it's, it's rather upsetting. I don't like all the little nicknames. Um, and then they vacuum up all the kids as Darkwing and Launchpad are stuck running on bubbles. And Steelbeak tells them to stay away from them or the kids will get it. It's like Bearskin Thug. Like, this man will kill a child. He was going <laughs> to put Goslin on a geyser and let her be singed to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, I, we will kill these kids. So jot that down. And then he calls Ammonia Pine his little love sponge. <laughs> and then she asks him to marry her. And he laughs at her. It's so mean. He laughs at her, yeah. And he tells her that they should wait until this job is done. And then they can have some quiet time to talk. And he's just chuckling the entire time he says it. That's so rude. You're mean. You're mean. You're playing with her heart. And, you know... She should just be gunning for your job at this point because she's obviously doing a way better job of it. Ammonium Pine has sensors on her bottle car thing that lets her know when there's a mess nearby. And they make a beeline for it. And it's just some gum stuck to a, a darkwing duck and blazoned bench. And she starts cleaning it up. And Honker, the little genius an angel, the, the miniature angel of Avian Way uses some of the cleaning liquid to slip out of his restraints and, <laughs> and floats away. I love how he just leaves <laughs> the other kids behind. He's, he's like, shh, and then just floats away. Like, bye, bitches. <laughs> he's like, I told you to shut up. Bye. <laughs> Not a bubble. 
perfect. <laughs> Meanwhile, Darkman is coming to grips with the fact that he should have dissolved the fan club and that his fault. It's his fault that the kids are in danger. And Launchpad is like, "Yep." There's <laughs> a few moments of lucid launchpad in this episode and they're pretty great darkwing decides that he's going to go after them because darkwing duck does not know the meaning of the word defeat and launchpad says i know who's getting a dictionary for his birthday is it september or april launchpad darkwing is getting two birthday presents this year and they're both dictionaries (laughs) back at the mallard house goslin is cleaning her room when honker out of bubble (laughs) floats up to her window and gives her a big run-on sentence update about what's going on. He tells her about Ammonia Pine's mess monitor, and Goslin is finally in her element, trashing the house. Anker is concerned at first, but then says, come on, let's get your dad's room. <laughs> he gets into it. <laughs> he does. Uh, and they, they truly do. They truly trash this house. But more on that in a moment. Back with the bad guys, Ammonia is boring Steelbeak with the history of garbage disposals when High Command calls and congratulates them on being a great team and tells that Ammonia has told them how much they love working together and that they'll be teamed up indefinitely. Mm. And, <laughs> and before he can object, uh, before Steelbeak can object, they hang up. He's not very happy about it, but before they can get into it too much, Darkwing poofs onto the nose of the car and Ammonia mops him. <laughs> it's, a, it's a handy mop. She really cleans up with that mop mm-hmm. um, while Launchpad tackles Steelbeak out of the car and into the ground and Launchpad and Darkwing get mopped again, saving uh, Steelbeak's bacon. Steelbeak is annoyed about it. Ammonia's mess monitor picks up the masterpiece Goslin is cooking up and she starts driving off. Darkwing winds up in the soap vat somehow and Steelbeak locks him inside. I don't really feel like there was a reason for that, but that's what happened. Then like the next thing that happens is Launchpad lets him out, basically. Yes. <laughs> Launchpad just chases after them. He just chases after the car. And then they roll up on the Mallard house. And uh, we see that Goslin has truly trashed the place. But only on the inside. The outside looks fine. Um, Ammonia blasts the house. And Launchpad just opens up like the lid of the soap vat thing and lets him out. And the kids are in the backyard gluing the foundation of the house down. So that when Ammonia Pine turns on her giant vacuum thing, the, the house does not fly into it. But uh, some boards break and everything that's inside the house starts getting sucked out of the house. So, I mean, I guess that's better. Darkwing sucker punches Steelbeak and Steelbeak kind of rounds on Ammonia, telling her that this is all her fault. Screaming at her about her moronic cleaning obsession. See what you've done? We could have left in plenty of time. But no, not you. You had to indulge a moronic obsession with cleaning! Does that mean you don't want to marry me? Marry you? I don't want to live on the same continent as you. Hey, 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 get this ammonia. I kind of like dirt. (laughs) Ah, Stop it! Muck, muck, dirt. Give it to me. Give it to me, baby. I gotta have it all. Dirt, 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 dirt. I love dirt. (laughs) And he throws himself to the ground and starts rolling around (laughs) giggling to himself as he's rubbing dirt on him and to his suit and everything and then he breaks a bag of fertilizer (laughs) over his head and at this point he's not wearing shoes (laughs) the chicken feet appear he's got weird chicken feet and ammonia is horrified and i am more horrified by seal beaks suddenly naked (laughs) 
chicken feet. Um, and then as the villains are having their mental breakdowns, Darkwing and Launchpad turn off the vacuum car and rescue the kids, who ask for a refund. <laughs> Ammonia lays out Steelbeak with her mop because no one dumps her, and she's going to report him to High Command. Uh, this is, of course, the perfect time for Darkwing to point out that their car is about to explode, and then it does, shooting all of the Mallard's belongings all over the neighborhood, I suppose. And Ammonia picks up Steelbeak, um, throws it over her shoulder, and s- somehow launches herself and Steelbeak into the sky, <laughs> Team Rocket style. She just kind of hits a nozzle on the car, and they just off they go into the sky. <laughs> oh, okay. And, um,. And I was like, see, my messy room saved the day. And we ended with dark wings. I always said crime fighting is a dirty job, kiddo. As they walk past the absolutely wrecked Mallard house. The end. <laughs> Ammonia Pine deserves better. She does. She certainly does. I feel like anybody who uh, was ever romantically entwined with Steelbeak deserves better. <laughs> so there we have it. Cloneliness is next to badliness. And ammonia pine is fun. I do I do like the dynamic in this episode of you know, it's funny because he's so annoyed with her. But he's he's only I don't even know why he's just annoyed with her because she's so competent and that he's not getting to do anything, which I think was immediately what he wanted to do. <laughs> like he didn't want to do this. So he's just I guess he pulled off a perfect plan. He didn't have to actually do anything for these bank heists. And he wants to complain about it. So, Steelbeak, maybe you should just respect some women and do your own dirty work. Throw yourself down the chute. Throw yourself down the chute. Do us all a favor and keep your shoes on. (laughs) For the love of God. At least they weren't Uh, human feet. I mean, I'll accept that. Yeah. That is true, but they are like a—they are like a dis, like um a concerning color too. <laughs> They're just like a flush color. Yeah. Like if they were, you know, colored like actual chicken feet, like kind of like a a, a yellowish, brownish, it wouldn't have been so bad. But flush-colored chicken feet <laughs> was sure sure a move that was made. But Monu Pine is now able to go get her groove back, and. I mean, I guess this is probably the cleanest that Darkwing's house has ever been, even though it's all over the front yard. And it probably looks more like a Muddlefoot's house after after a wild weekend. Yes. Half torn apart and all over the block. I'm sure Herb can give him a few tips on how to restore the house very quickly. <laughs> it's going to be good as new by next episode. So yeah, how, what are your overall feelings on this episode, Inge? I think it's a pretty solid episode. I think pretty good for the teamwork category, too, because it's actually brought up several times in the episode. Like, it's actually topical that they team up together, and he almost gets stuck with her because they're too competent together, which is yeah interesting. I, I feel like that's more of a testament to her, though, because mm-hmm. he doesn't really do anything. <laughs> he just wants to beat up Darkwing, and... You know, she lets him shoot the bubble bazooka at one point, but for the most part, he's just observing and it's her her plans, like very obviously her plans. So we want to be successful in crime, team up with Ammonia Pine. Yeah, and I think it was a good one for Steelbeak's characterization because it demonstrates that even though he's higher up in foul, he really does not like doing anything or getting his hands dirty. It's kind of like bad tidings. 
mm-hmm. the Drake Lickoff episode where Steelbeak was in the background turning Grizzly Cough and Darkwing against each other. <laughs> just being a little troll. Yeah, like he, he really just expects everybody else to do the work for him. And I think that's interesting because a lot of the villains, it's usually their there's no deed too small for them and they're all willing to get their hands dirty but not steelbeak so. <laughs> steelbeak just not does not want to do anything ever yeah i can't blame him he's got a really nice apartment with a girlfriend to shoot and he had mm-hmm. a hot girlfriend and i guess maybe he managed to get all that without doing anything so perhaps he just continued to do that but I don't know how Fowl lost all their money in the first place. Maybe yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> made um made some bad investments and like I don't know grilled cheese food trucks or something. Yeah, it's never a good look when your evil organization is broke. Just had to rob a few banks, and the money never goes back to the banks, as far as I'm aware. So oh. Fowl just yeah. got away because like. Uh, at one point, I remember Steelbeak reporting to them that the money has been deposited in their account. And they say, oh, great work. We'll just hit one more bank. So I assume the money was never returned. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. So Fowl wins the day. Yeah, Darkwing <laughs> technically did stop them. Ammonia Pine just left. He, he, yeah. Ammonia Pine just left to go clean up his messy house. But they still robbed all those other banks and kept the money. Yeah. So just one bank was spared. Yeah, on the whole, mm-hmm. um, I'd give it a three and a half out of five. Like you said, the animation was pretty good. There was points where it got a bit weird. Like there was obviously Steelbeak's chicken feet and swapping of clothes. <laughs> and Darkwing would yeah. occasionally get a five head. Um but the animation itself was pretty good. I really like the scene where Drake's watching TV and Goslin walks in to tell him that mm. they should dissolve the uh, club. His eyes, for once, in a rare moment, have the little white dots. Like, he has the black pupils, but he actually has the white reflective dots in his eyes. And they mm-hmm. don't normally do that. Just for, like, that one scene, he had it, and I thought it looked really nice. Yeah, there's a couple scenes of Goslin in this episode where she's super adorable. Mm-hmm. They did a really nice job with her. Um, and then there are a lot of funky little things that happen. Like, there's a few close-ups of Ammonia where, like, I guess her bandana wasn't drawn down, like, drawn where it was supposed to be. So she's just got, like, one random pony. Like, she's got, like, some bangs that are kind of like that 90s bang where it's just kind of like a ponytail sticking off the front of her head. But there's no uh, hair around it. So she's just got, like, a random ponytail growing out of the front of her forehead so that was a little concerning but for the most part it was it was pretty decent it was fun yeah i would agree somewhere around like three out of five three point five because it is entertaining and darkwing gets to be complete ridiculous darkwing in it launchpad really didn't have much to do but what he did do was was pretty funny he was kind of like the sassy foil in this one because I guess Goslin wasn't around all that much. She kind of was just like, yeah, this was all your fault. Must be really hard for you to deal with that. <laughs> Which is, is always a delightful role for, for Launchpad. So yeah, there we go. Cleanliness. Next to badliness. We've done it. Are you ready to see what happens next? Ooh, are we going to spin the wheel now? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because um, next week is um, comic. 
Uh, we can spin it now. You think yeah. we should wait until next week? We'll spin it. Let's see. Okay, we'll spin it now. Let's see. Oh. Uh, oh. Oh, I think the, this was one of yours, too. Uh, next, we have Bad Luck Duck. Oh, okay. Uh, next episode that we cover an episode, I mean. <laughs> next episode. <laughs> this one. Be, yes. Next one. Yes. Next episode, we'll be covering <laughs> issue number four of the Dynamite Darkwing Duck comic series. Where uh, presumably their house isn't blown up. <laughs> Possibly. And uh, Steel Week does not throw women down chutes. It remains to be seen. It does remain to be seen. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so then after that, we'll be bad luck ducking it. And until then, remember that crime doesn't sleep, and neither do I after I see Steel Beak's chicken feet. <laughs> <laughs>